are still riding on the sugar high of our food issue on newsstands now. So on this week's Oklahoma Today podcast, we're bringing you all the best Thai food our state has to offer. We're talking to Benji Sukmani at Oklahoma City's Thai House, which has been a part of the city's culinary landscape for more than a quarter of a century. But before we get into that, let's get into our overwhelmingly topical question of the week. What is your go-to Thai food order? First up is Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. Man, that's a hard one because I just love all things Thai food. Um, but really, it always comes back to red curry. Yeah. For me, red or one of the curries, red or green. Um, but you got to have spring rolls. I never say no to pad Thai. I don't know. It's all. I just love Thai. It's my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite cuisine. Yeah. So all of it. But yeah, usually red. Default is red curry. Okay. Yeah, with chicken. Uh, Make it a number five. Blow my, you know, <laughs> blow the top of my head off with spice. <laughs> you like to really clear out those sinuses. I really, really like it super spicy. Yeah. So yeah, I That's, like to sweat. If you're yeah, if if you don't look like you're in a deposition when or, you're or eating Thai food, yeah, yeah, yeah I sh- if I'm eating Thai food, I look like I'm like doing a heavy workout. That's <laughs> how I like it. So managing her Carly Ibarra, famously a big fan of spice. Ah, yes. In in that it's not in my food. I don't know. I don't like spicy things. I'm kind of a whip. But I do love Thai food. And I have different orders depending on where I'm going. Like Salatai, I love their Thai basil. And Charm has these little curry puffs that are just amazing. I Charm can eat, and War Acres. Yes, yep, I can make an delicious. entire meal out of that. Um, and then uh, at Penang, I recently tried the Pad CU for the first time because I'm normally a Pad Thai person, but I tried that and I really liked it. So I just, you know, I can find something pretty much anywhere. That's a, that's a I, that's a delightfully open-minded response. <laughs> you know, the great thing about it, I think Thai food is very similar to Mexican food in that way, where it's like you know, it's all sort of made of the same stuff in a different you know combination <laughs> and so, you know, spice level. yeah, yeah. Uh, photo writer Megan Rossman. I judge a Thai place by based on its pad Thai. Um, Pad Thai is very important to me. It's sort of like going to a pizza place. It's like if they don't do the pepperoni pizza well, right. I don't trust the rest right. of it. I, I also love curry, and they have one at Solitai. They have a pumpkin curry, which is actually oh, made with so acorn good. squash, I notice, which that's fine. Uh, it sounds cuter. It's a marketing thing, I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm really into the Pad Thai, and I love Penang, which... I discovered first years ago because Chef Andrew Black recommended it. And I was like, if this man likes this place, I bet it's good. And he was right. Winner? Nominee? Nominee. Nominee. Andrew Black, local Oklahoma City chef, recommended it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that place is amazing. Yeah. And Chef Andrew Black is a man who knows something about good food. I think all of Penang's locations are good, but the OG on Southwest 89th and Penn is the the Penang for me. That's where I go. They have the best Thai iced tea, in my opinion. I love Thai iced tea from everywhere, but for some reason that Southside Penang, it just hits just right. Have you had their, um, their like chicken curry noodle soup? No, no, it's it's it. chicken. It's like a chicken thigh on the bone, oh, with these with the noodles are crispy until you sink them into the curry broth, and then they start to like loosen up and get mm. soft. And the chicken, like, sh- oh man, that sounds good. It is. I I wish I was sick in Thailand. I think I think that's <laughs> I what it is. Say, I want um, that chicken noodle soup. You reminded me of Tom Ka soup, which is also always oh, just a yes. Yeah. That is so good, especially on a day like today when it's raining and cold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I made a bunch of curry at home this week, and that is what I have been eating. Nice. 
That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, well, that'll keep you warm. Yeah. Regardless of yeah. Uh, research editor, Ben Lucian. Well, my eyes always go to the uh, curry menu uh, whenever I'm going to a new uh, Thai place. Uh, particularly, I mean, I look for, of course, the, the Penang curry. Uh, not, not just the restaurant name, the actual uh, menu item. Uh, I do believe Penang, the restaurant, has some kind of uh, Penang curry where uh, they serve it with, like, um, like flatbread, like, triangles or something like that, um, which I have never experienced on uh, with curry before, but I think it's genius. Uh, anything to, like, just soak up the juices on that. Uh, at When we all went to Thai House recently, um, I had uh, the cow soy, uh, which is sort of like this cross between uh, like a chicken curry and like a soup. And it's got like these crispy noodles up on top. Uh, it was really good. Uh, highly recommend that. It sounds like the thing that Greg was describing. Yeah, it's also, I'm pretty sure, uh, what uh, Benji uh, is going to talk a little bit about is one of her favorite like, ah. go-to orders. Oh, Benji, Ben, uh, great uh, minds. <laughs> <laughs> great minds, great names. <laughs> What about you, Greg? Uh, well, at Thai House, um, they one of the things that was mentioned in Becky's story that I absolutely had to try was the uh, beef drunken ramen. Um, and man, I know ramen is not like a traditionally Thai thing, uh, but ooh, that thing was filling and hearty and like creamy in all of the best ways. That when I go to Thai House, that's what I'm getting. If I'm going other places, it's usually. Um, I like an evil jungle curry, uh, mm. like a you know green, lots and lots of veggies, um, and uh, uh, a mossman curry is also especially for like a, a cold day. That's just such a warm and kind of sweet. Um, you know, there's I feel like I think there's like cinnamon in it, maybe something mm, like that. Potatoes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really hearty. But then, um, but I'm I'm a noodle boy at heart, uh, so <laughs> it's always like pad cu or or uh, pad. Uh, Pad Ki Mao, that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, and with Pad Ki Mao especially, like I love all those veggies and uh, um, they get real tender crisp and, and just enough heat. I'm not like, I don't want to sweat, I just want to feel like I'm going through the early stages of menopause. That's what I want, it's just a just a hot flash, yeah. just a quick hot flash. I want to be like about to spontaneously combust. You know, uh, I feel myself bursting into flames. I would. So you said you get chicken a lot. Yeah. I would say if you're if you're going for that like real burst of flavor, shrimp, shrimp in in Thai food soaks up all it of those good. spices, and you get like a just just like a bomb. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's bomb. true. I do like shrimp a lot. So, um, well, yay for Thai food. Yeah. Write in and tell us what your favorite uh, Thai food order is. Yeah, we would love to hear that. Uh, Let's uh, let's talk to Benji Sukumani from uh, Thai House. Get your milk ready, folks, because we've got a pretty spicy interview coming up. <laughs> uh, boy, the rolled eyes I just got on this uh, Zoom call uh, from Thai House co-owner Benji Sukmani, uh, and I'm pretty sure I just said the name wrong that I just learned. Su- uh, it's good. Okay. It was good. Funny, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Benji, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. So uh, we had on our cover of the uh, most recent issue, uh, kind of a Thai food tour of the state from our own Becky Carmen. Um, And one of the places that we learned about was Thai House in Oklahoma City. You guys are on uh, 500 uh, uh, West 23rd Street, Northwest 23rd Street. Yeah. Yeah. Just right around the corner. Yep. Absolutely. So um, tell me a little bit about, uh, so you and your mom uh, own and run the, run the place. How did you get into the Thai food business? So back in the nineties, my mom, so my aunt lived here since 19 in the 1970s. So my mom came over here first uh, to scope out, I guess, uh, just the scene in Oklahoma and uh, saw that there wasn't a lot of Thai places. So she came over here and uh, started the business in 94. And uh, yeah, we've been in business since then. Man, you know, and, and 23rd Street has seen a lot of change in that time. I yeah. mean, you guys kind of got in early on what became a, a, a main strip for Oklahoma City's dining scene. Oh, yeah. Like when we first got this spot right here on 23rd, it was uh, originally our second location. Okay. My dad was here previously, too, and he was running this place for a while. Our original one was on 28th Classen, where... um. Or seven is that right now yeah okay back in the day it was just like a little chinese restaurant hub that we took over turned into thai spot but with all still with the chinese lettering and everything but you know but um my dad came over a few years after and then he uh took over this spot right here on 23rd and then um yeah, we've been we've been here for about I think this particular location is about I want to say like maybe 25 years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you guys are an institution. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, so one thing that that uh, Becky talked to you a little bit about in the in the story that I was really interested in is the way that Thai food uh, sort of evolves with the place it's being prepared. So, um, you know, how has Oklahoma affected uh, the Thai food at Thai house? Is there, is there anything about our local tastes or, or preferences that have kind of uh, drifted the menu one way or another? Uh, I think definitely the portion of the food is probably (laughs) the main one. (laughs) Cause you know, you're coming from Thailand, we eat the portions different. So when my mom got here, she learned real quick that it's like, oh, you know, people want more food here. Like they eat more food here on the plate, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's one of the things for sure. But, um, you know, some of the ingredients that we use, I think with the Oklahoman's palate, like we we still can use like fully go in on like flavor. Example, okay. like unfiltered fish sauce or like, hell, some people still don't even like mint leaf on their lap. Yeah. <laughs> So like a couple of things, a couple of ingredients, I feel like it's still um, like we change it with the with the consumer. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a business. And, and as much right. as people talk about the idea and, and I've really grown tired of this, but when people talk about the authenticity of food, I right. mean, if you want to eat authentic Thai food, you should be in Thailand because that's right. where all the ingredients are and, and everything. But right. but every recipe is going to be different because it's different families. Um, yeah. The, where you are and what's available around you. So I'm sure you guys probably use more jalapeno uh, 
um, uh, in, in recipes here than than would have been done in Thailand, perhaps. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever seen a jalapeno growing up in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah, we use we use a lot more of that here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, and it's the same, honestly, for every different cuisine. Uh, America being a melting pot and we have really right. kind of taken everything that's been brought here and we change it sometimes slightly and sometimes a lot. Uh, right. But, you know, like Mexican food uh, is, is, you know, we're on the same, you know, continent. And even then it's like, yeah, we there's still stuff that we can't get that that's not grown here that that just had, right. isn't with the palate. So right. um, one thing I noticed that uh, and, and I, I stopped in and had this after reading Becky's story uh, was the short rib uh, ramen. Ramen, which, yeah. Which I was again, that was like, I'm like, you know, that's how does that end up at a Thai restaurant? But but then again, it's like, that's what people want, right? Right. I mean, you know, ramen is like <laughs> a popular. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that love that. And, you know, me personally, I came up with that because um, I don't know, I I felt like this place needs like a little something at that time when whenever we made the dish. <laughs> I felt like, you know, we've been on a flat line for a while. Yeah. So I feel like let's throw in a special and see how people react. You know, I personally like, you know, the Taiwanese like braised beef noodles. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yo, that beef with this drunken ramen noodles would be so good together. So, I mean, it, it works. It's 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 a really an amazing, amazing kind of uh, Thai fusion, uh, yeah. Asian fusion cuisine because you, it's, yeah. It, you know, uh, the Taiwanese and the Thai and then, <laughs> and then uh, the, the Japanese uh, with yeah. the ramen. Um, you know, one of the things uh, that we, I think that, that uh, locally when we thought, when we talk about Thai food, I feel like pad Thai is kind of like your baseline. Is that, is that everybody yeah, else's starter dish too? Pad Thai is key. Like we get so many orders of that, but I think I feel like uh, those adventurous ones start going, they'll go off of Pad Thai and then they'll start eating like Pasi Yu, which is mm -hmm. another good one. One of my favorites. Or the drunken noodles, yeah. you know, those are probably Pad the Kimau. Yes, Pad Kimau for sure. Yeah. And um, yeah, I but Pad Thai is still still a number one noodle yeah. dish. <laughs> what what is it about pad thai do you think i mean obviously that i mean and this is part of the story as well is that the thai government really pushed uh pad thai uh to the world as as sort right. of a, a, a culinary ambassador um right. what is it about that dish that you think kind of crosses those borders well first of all it's probably because the name too pad thai i mean you can't get more thai than that so but i feel like as far as the flavor profile go i mean i think pad thai hit it all you know you got your saltiness sourness sweetness you know that that whole thing is it works really well together it does and yeah those, and you got those... the crushed peanuts on the side got you that you know that texture the glass here. noodle and you know yeah it just well the it, glass noodle pad thai is it's kind of new around here oh, um, really? yeah i we just started serving that probably within the last maybe three years hmm. but i mean it, it's always been around but i feel like um in the u.s you don't see so much of the glass noodle pad thai i feel mm -hmm. yeah but it's good it's i i personally like that one more than the rice noodle yeah <laughs> 
What yeah. about, um, what are some of the ingredients? You talked a little bit about unfiltered fish sauce. And, and I mean, yeah. um, the fish sauce, uh, unfiltered or not, you know, um, I think the more unfiltered, the funkier kind of it gets, yeah, right? Yeah, yes. um, but, but you guys are still using uh, filtered fish sauce, which- Oh yeah, we use both. Um, you have to. Yes. We usually use the unfiltered for, of course, the Laos papaya salad. Yeah. A lot of Lao food have unfiltered fish sauce. That's like, you know, the key player. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we use both. Is it interesting to you to see how, um, I mean, now Oklahoma City has um, has a, a Lao-focused restaurant. And, and yeah. previously there was uh, 4J's Diner, which was a mm -hmm. kind of a Lao-Thai uh, fusion and, and now there's yeah. uh, cuisine. Do you feel like um, Oklahomans are kind of uh, uh, expanding their their uh, what they define as Asian food now? I believe that, you know, with all the foodies coming on the rise <laughs> in this past few years, it's uh, definitely um, I feel like the uh, people are adapting more to Asian cuisine for sure. Oh yeah. Well, and it's wanting to try, wanting to be like, you know, wanting to see what is the new and the hype. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Well, but also I think that, um, that Asian cuisine and Thai food in particular is very adaptable and it's something that, that, um, you know, you have it at the restaurant and it's one yeah. way, and then maybe you go to another restaurant and it's another way. And then you have someone who's cooking at home and all of a sudden they're throwing in, you know, some of their, some of the ingredients they have around the house. I mean, it, right. it really is, you can kind of do anything with it. it. It's almost like a nice baseline to kind of build your own flavors on. For sure. And you can throw in anything you want. I mean, a lot of Thai food is a lot of like stir fry. Yeah. So, you know, when you do stir fry, it's like whatever goes. <laughs> yeah, so just whatever yeah, you that's, that's a uh, that empty the fridge sort of dish, you know, you can really yeah. work anything in yeah. there. Um, what is, uh, what, what are, what is kefir lime leaf? And, and, uh, cause that's one that I uh, see on your, on your menu a lot. And I've always kind of been like, I'm not a hundred percent sure what this is. Yeah. It's uh. By, they call it baimakut, which is, I think it's, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's lime, sorry. No, um, but it is this green leaf, very fragrant. Like you use that a lot in, you know, all of our um, salad and tom yum is key. That, yeah. or the tom ka gai, those are like, that is one thing that we can't, cannot have in our soup. Yeah. Because um, it plays, it plays a big, big role in the, in the tom yum and tom ka. You know, tom ka is... Oh, I'm sorry, what? Oh, sorry. So I was going to say tom ka guy is, I mean, the name ka is galanga. That's that's also another thing that, you know, plays a big role in Thai cuisine too. Galanga, lemongrass, kaffir lime leaf. Well, and, and, and Thai food is marked by a lot of very uh, aggressive flavors. Um, and part of what I've always been impressed with uh, there at Thai House is you guys take um, some 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 very uh, pungent uh, and, and some very um, uh, overpowering, in some cases, ingredients, and you work them together and really create this harmony. Um, yeah. 
how how long does it take, uh, and, and how much of it is kind of based on on um, on the recipes from from your family and 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 everything to 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 be able to blend that stuff? Because I feel like right. if I tried to make it, it would people would be like, "What is this?" Yeah, the so we have this thing called pikang, which is a, a chili paste, but it's more than just a chili that goes in there. It's like, you know, all the ingredients I listed earlier, galanga, lemongrass, but we make that in-house. And when we do that, it's like, it's a big ordeal because there's definitely a lot of chopping, a lot of grinding, a lot of mixing going on. But So when we do that, we, we would do like a big tubs of that. But that's, that's definitely a key foundation of a lot of our curries. Yeah. Because, you know, that's like, we mix that in with our like green curry paste, Penang curry paste. And then um, if you eat some of our stir fry, like a mixed veggies or like the green beans stir fry, those are like the key, key ingredient. Yeah. And that's, you know, what's really great though, is that when people are eating uh, at Thai house, they really are getting stuff that they're, they're not going to be able to find anywhere else because you guys are, are making some of those foundational ingredients in house. Yeah, it's a pain, but you know, it's really <laughs> worth it. Like if we run out of that pikang, the the chili paste, like I so one time my mom was in Thailand for um three months. We came to like the very end of our batch and she's just I just didn't want to get to I just didn't want to like start this whole process without her. But she was like, you know what, go by the store and then we'll just deal with that. Yeah. So I bought some and I cooked it and I'm like, no, it does not taste right, you know? Right. So it's just... not that Thai house flavor. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. Uh, you know, you're you're there all the time. Is there anything on that menu that you're not sick of? <laughs> what, what do you what do you eat when you're there? Uh, you know, my go to dish always is probably the chicken basil over rice with like crispy yes. eggs yeah yeah that I is that. so good yeah and we have this sauce that's like uh the sauce that goes with our uh, pork skewer mm -hmm. is uh we call it the t10 sauce now that sauce i can eat every day with anything like <laughs> i eat it with eggs i eat it with you know chicken whatever it's start, start serving cardboard uh, uh <laughs> Let's throw that like, sauce on there. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what is uh, what what what's kind of on the horizon for you guys? Because I know that um, that uh, Thai House has been, uh, you know, like you said, you've been there for 25 years. How long yeah. are you guys like refreshing the menu and and doing things like that? Man, I would like to do that like as often as I could, but a lot of time in, in like a family run business, unfortunately, I wear all the hats sometimes. Sure. And mom is slowly like fading out, you know, she's like on a like kind of retire mode, but not really <laughs> still like micromanaging. But yeah, um, I would like to change the menu as much as I could, but Mm, doesn't happen too often yeah so <laughs> yeah. but if people are looking for uh specials and other things they can yeah uh, you can always go to tiehouseokc.com yes uh, and then you guys are also on like facebook twitter instagram mm -hmm. yes we are we go uh not so much on twitter but instagram for sure yeah got it got it yeah. so uh uh if you're looking for uh some really good thai food in oklahoma city uh you really cannot go wrong at Thai House OKC uh, there on 23rd Street. Um, uh, Benji, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And thank you, Greg. With us. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, I, you'll uh, probably see me in, I'm going to guess like eh, 30 minutes uh, coming in for a meal. Bye for some <laughs> anytime. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. That place is so beloved. Yes. I mean, I, when I worked at OCU a zillion years ago, that was like, if you're going to lunch, that's where you're going. I mean, like it, that whole campus was like, let's go to Toy House every day. <laughs> That's what OCU sounds like. Uh, well, and I, I'm sure that was probably during the buffet years. It was, yeah, yeah which is no longer, but there's still a lot of good, a lot of good to oh, be had. A lot of great stuff, so. yeah. And uh, it's, food it's, is usually better when it's not served as part of a buffet anyway. Agreed, yeah. Thai buffets, although I will say I got through grad school on uh, Pad Thai and Norman's buffet. Like, I, that, that fed me throughout grad school. Yeah. Because it was right down the right down the street in Norman there, and oh man, I love that place. Megan has mixed feelings about it, <laughs> but it's twi- it's quite good. It's quite good. All right. Well, now it's time for us to once again plumb the depths of TravelOK.com's calendars for our weekly pod events. And first up this week is Carly. Ooh. Normally, I'd use this platform to tell you about one exciting upcoming event, but I'm just not feeling it today. (laughs) So instead, I'll tell you about a whole month of Harmonious happening (laughs) celebrating Black History Month at Gathering Place in Tulsa. February 11th, you can see Tulsa native Branjay, Augusta Savage, and Black Moon Collective. February 18th, O'Malley B, uh, Jean-Michael Basquiat, Black Moon Collective, and Fulton Street Books and Coffee will be there. Finally, on February 25th, the Met Choir and Louis Marilou Jones will wrap things up. Honestly, there's so much fun to be had at the One Oak Boathouse. I didn't even have time for jokes. And the whole thing is free. Call 918-779-1000 for more info. I love Basquiat. I mean, yeah. he won't be there himself, but his work will. Yeah. Big fan of him. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, ben, what's your event? Well, thank you, Greg, because I have an important public service announcement today for our, our dog listeners. So all you dog listeners out there, can we try giving peace a chance? Just take a walk outside and you'll see what I'm talking about. Irish, Irish setters barking at Swiss hounds. English pointers sneering over Russell Terriers. From Siberian Huskies down to the Chihuahua. I sense a lack of trust, a lack of unity. I say it's high time for the dogs to drop their guard and tear down silly rivalries. All it takes is a neighborly sniff and maybe some friendly competition. That's why I'm a, be- a big believer in this weekend's international dog show inside the Modern Living Building at Oklahoma City Fairgrounds. At this all-breed show, sport is at the service of harmonious development of dog kind. Watch as an international panel of judges consisting of humans from Mexico, Brazil, USA, and elsewhere pick winners in a variety of categories. Because when dogs spend less time reflexively barking and flexing for others, they can spend more time on the things that really matter in life. Belly rubs, tennis balls, and uniting against the true enemy, squirrels. (laughs) Attendance is free to the public, but registration for competition has now officially closed. Which is okay, because if you're just now hearing about it, you weren't going to win anyway. (laughs) Call 405-948-6700 or visit okcfairgrounds.com slash schedule for more information. That sounds like a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, Nate, what's your event? Well, this ain't... I know that it's almost uh, Valentine's Day, but this ain't no love song. But does your sweetie love country music? Specifically the kind performed in rich baritones? Well... 
then this ain't no thinking thing because ladies love country boys and the one and only Trace Adkins is performing a Valentine's Day show at the McKnight Center for the Performing Arts in Stillwater. There were a whole bunch of his song titles in there in case you're <laughs> trying to make sense of it. Uh, in addition to his long list of hits going back more than a quarter century, Trace is also known for his acting roles from KFC commercials to films like The Lincoln Lawyer, Mom's Night Out, and I Can Only Imagine, filmed right here in Oklahoma. So turn off every light in the house because you're going to miss this if you don't get tickets now, which you can do by calling 405-744-9999 or visiting mcknightcenter.org. That's M-C-K-N-I-G-H-T-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. Also, just a beautiful place. Yeah, Yeah, very cool. A very cool. And you get to hang out in Stillwater. Yeah. Which is just, I love Stillwater. Big fan. This OU graduate really adores Stillwater. I head down uh, the strip to Coney Island and Mm. uh, get some onion burgers. I feel like if it's Valentine's Day, maybe like Zanotti's Wine Bar. (laughs) Well, sure. Is maybe the better, like, I mean, for Valentine's Day. Depends on the kind of Valentine's Day you want. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that's a good point. If you want a Coney Island kind of Valentine's Day, then by all means, enjoy yourselves. I want a Coney Island every kind of day. Uh, (laughs) Megan, what's your event? You may have heard that Ireland has more to offer the world than just Guinness and potatoes. It has given us the goddess Enya, Oscar Wilde, Bram Stoker, Liam Neeson, and a whole host of other handsome actors. Aye, people of the Emerald Isle also continue to introduce audiences to the exquisite world of culturally immersive dance. Wings, a Celtic dance celebration, will have attendees jigging in the aisles of the Armstrong Auditorium in Edmund as they get lost in the deadly good tunes of some of Ireland's finest musicians and singers. On February 15th, there will be no stopping these Irish people from stunning Oklahomans with their folksy choreography and song. Come see for yourself and purchase tickets at armstrongauditorium.org. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. That does sound like fun. Sorry, Carly, I muted you for a second. Oh, that's Bring in a little uh, pouch of whiskey like fun. and just a potato the- <laughs> to gnaw on. I don't think Irish people just gnaw on. I, don't, I actually <laughs> don't think you're supposed to gnaw No, but it can make you sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so don't do that. And don't eat the seeds either because those will kill you. Yeah. Well, you only live once. <laughs> and for not very long if you're going around gnawing on raw potatoes. Wow. I wonder what would happen if you gnawed on a raw potato. Maybe you would turn into a some kind of undead creature. Greg, what's your event? Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, we're fans of the Czech- Cherokee Strip Regional Heritage Center in Enid. Uh, we've had them on the podcast before, and we really can't recommend visiting it highly enough. But in this era of mass zombie attacks, I'm starting to wonder if History Alive on the Cherokee Strip is such a good idea. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. Buddy, I'm I'm really sorry. I, I think I think that was a movie marathon that you saw. Uh-huh. There are no zombie attacks. Zombies have not begun attacking en masse or even started existing. Ooh. I'm so sorry. Oof. Well, uh, so I wrote the rest of this with the understanding that the zombies I was seeing were real. So you're uh, just bear with me on this, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Yes, experiencing what life was like in the 1800s is interesting and informative, and it gets kids thinking about what the future civilizations will think of the present, if future civilizations still exist after a bunch of brain-eating grave sleepers come after us. Again. Uh, yeah. I, no, I, okay. like, it's just, it's, it's in here. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's awesome to see the Humphrey Heritage Village come filled with, re-igna- uh, filled with reenactors, giving us a glimpse of the past. It's kind of cool that you can go file a claim in the land office, but is anybody checking for bite marks at the entrance? Some people might think they can hide it, but that's just going to lead to more zombies in the end. Uh, but if there was ever a time to go to the Cherokee Strip Heritage Center to learn about those early days in Oklahoma, it's the first and third Saturdays of the month. Might as well use your money now. Adults are $7, students are 4 kids 5 and under are free. 
since currency will probably stop existing in the in the soon to be zombified world. And, and again, guys, I I'm so sorry. I just it was a really great movie. Uh, but you should definitely go to the Jerry Easter Parish <laughs> Center in Enid. Uh, and the the sound of civilization continuing unzombified means that this episode of the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. But if you can't just can't get enough, please head to oklahomatoday.com, pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now, and you can send your feedback to OKTPod at TravelOK.com. We will talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today Magazine and Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song, editing, and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. No zombies. Brains! <laughs>